Upward Mobility Podcast, Episode 5, Calm and Always Collected. I'm interviewing Danny Albizu. I know him as Danny. So Danny, me and you, we've known each other for many, many, many years. We've grown up together. So I know a lot about you, but I want to kind of get your whole thing of how COVID got you and how they impact you doing work and then your personal life. So can you just let everybody know, give them a quick two-minute bio about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Daniel Albizu, and uh, I grew up in Long Island, um, raised uh, most of my life in Long Island. Uh, when I was 18, I went to the Marine Corps for four years. After that, I came back to New York, and um, I did a couple of jobs in between there. I did uh, security for a little while, and um, also worked for EOC for a little bit, and then um, now I'm a firefighter. I've been a firefighter for a little over 14 years now. Wow. What made you get to the fire department, man? Has that always been a dream of yours or is that something new you got? No, honestly, I didn't realize that I wanted to be a fireman until I started becoming a fireman. So a bunch of people that I worked with that were all Marines were like, oh, we're going to take the fireman test. And, you know, I love the camaraderie that I had in the Marine Corps. So I was kind of looking at that in a final career. So I was like, all right, yeah, I took the test and then, uh, I got on pretty quick because a lot of times people take the test and they don't get hired for like four or five years. For me, I was hired in the first set of people that offered that test. So everything went kind of quick. And then once I started doing it, I was like, it's just like the Marine Corps. And I missed the Marine Corps at that point. And so it was exactly what I needed and wanted. Also, oh, you you searching for like that brotherhood, kind of that connection that everybody was looking yeah, for. Yeah, something that didn't really feel like work, but is work. Perfect. Yeah. So you've been, you said for 14 years, been a fireman, man. And then COVID hit, bro. Like that changed the whole game for all of us. Like yeah. how did it impact the firemen, your firehouse and the whole, your job? So like with COVID, there's different phases on how the whole thing went down. Like in the very beginning, nobody knew anything. Um, we only knew the things that we already been taught with like disease transmittal and stuff like that because you know we do uh, first responder stuff so we're in people's houses and we're giving them you know patient assessments and stuff like that so there are certain things that we kind of know and they were kind of like like we had n95s i've known what an n95 is for a long time that wasn't new to me but i also knew that they only worked for 15 minutes technically Oh, I didn't know that. So your your knowledge was kind of like, all right, these things really ain't not that good. Yeah, exactly. And then they're like, all right, we'll use it for the whole day. So we're like, well, that doesn't make sense if you told us that it only works 15 minutes for so long. And then now, you know, and then a big part of it was we were just, so it didn't stop for me at any point. It was just go to work and do what I do. I mean, it was a big difference. Uptick in, um, in calls was a lot. Like what kind of calls? Like what, like, like different types of calls? Or the what biggest kind of calls? thing is you just heard everybody doing CPR all the time. Like uh, every tour in you came in, you were probably going to do CPR. With, with you guys, what did you, a lot of you firemen get sick or did you guys like get out of work? No, so that was a big thing too. So like we're, I know it's a little anecdotal, but like for us, not a lot of people did get sick. And then when we were with the people that did get sick, some of us didn't feel that sick after that. Like, they would be like, oh, this guy, he's not coming in because he has COVID now. But we worked with him yesterday. So, and then there was no testing. Like, there wasn't like, all right, go get tested now. It was like, all right, if you feel symptoms, go get go get tested. So, they really wasn't on top of you guys to not get tested for the whole thing. Not at all. They, they couldn't have done that because if they did, then 
too many people might have been out. So do you think they might have put you guys at risk? Of that? course. Of course. We were at risk the whole time. The whole well, time. Nobody knew what was going on. Like, everybody was saying this is, disease is going to kill everybody. And uh, if you're next to people, and we were next to people, and we were in people's houses, you know what I mean? And that's besides, like, the medical calls, like, for, like, gas leaks and water leaks and just things that we do on a daily basis. We're in these people's homes, you know what I mean? So to expect to be nothing, you know, we have, you know, protective gear, but only sometimes only goes so far, you know? So you guys, like everybody else was working Zoom, kind of potentially like high risk schedules, like you guys were straight no. in the home, yeah, still no. dealing with the going to people's houses and kind everything of- Everything was the same, except there was more medical calls than ever before. Wow, and then do you, do you think you guys were prepared enough for all these medical calls or was it a burden on all you? Um, I think we, we were prepared in the sense that we were able to do it, but we just did it because so a lot of firemen is like, you go into a situation, you never know what the situation is going to be and you got to adapt and overcome. So you just learn to do that in most situations. Like, all right, we don't have this. We'll, we'll do this and we'll do the best we can. And then with what we have. So how did the, your leadership kind of communicate all these different changes and all these kind of... With the leadership coming, like they told us a lot of different things at different times. When it was like, all right, um, just use the mask you have. And like, oh, we'll get you new mask, but then we got to get the mask through the battalion or through the division. And sometimes they didn't come and they could have probably... Um, they just didn't have the right supplies. I mean, no one did at that point, though. Yeah, but like, you guys were first responders. Yeah, but nurses didn't have it. We didn't have it. Like, no one had it. So what during the whole time, were you concerned about yourself contacting COVID? Um, a little bit in the beginning. And then the beginning, like, you'd wake up in the morning, and you're like, oh, my throat. I feel it in my throat. <laughs> Something's going on. I must be getting it. And then an hour later, you feel completely fine. And you're like, okay, that was in my head. I still feel like that, bro. I'll tell you the truth. Yeah, I wake yeah, up yeah. like, damn, do I got COVID? I don't got COVID. And then the people that are around me that did get it, none of them had it bad. So I was like, okay, well, this is probably what it's going to be. And then, I mean, like, to this day, I don't know if I ever had it. Yeah, me neither, man. I never uh, know if I got it either, yeah, so I'm yeah. wondering with you. I never got it. Check me when I, because I took a lot of tests, but I, all of my tests yeah. were negative. So I never knew if I ever had it anyway. I didn't take a lot of tests, but. So your job didn't require you to take a test every day? No. Okay, okay. Um, Only take tests if you had the symptoms, that's it. Interesting. I didn't know that. Okay, so actually, you know, there's everything that was going on, and they consider you firemen heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero, man? Did you consider? No. I do, because you out there kind of working, mm -hmm. grinding out, and kind of doing all that stuff. No, I feel uh, heroes are the ones that are no longer here, you know? We're just doing our job. Oh, wow. So, I'm just doing our job, you know? Trying to help. And then during this, during the whole time of your, your, your job, did you guys decrease staffing or increase staffing? Because you guys were kind of out because of the contact tracing, right? Well, we decreased staffing in the fact that classes couldn't go on, like uh, probationary firefighters couldn't get on the job because they would have to go through the academy and the academy was closed down. So there was, a, in a sense, a hiring freeze during that time. And there were still people retiring at that time, so the staffing is getting lower at the same time. So did that put an extra strain on the people that were there and kind of were working and yeah, stuff? Yeah, still is. We're still not back to normal yet. So we're more working longer hours, more overtime, and it gets to the point. So we have this thing called um, hostage groups. So so what happens with your families when you got to do one of those hostages tours? Nothing. You got to tell them I got to go. That's it. <laughs>
So you technically couldn't make plans and stuff. Yeah, well, my plans always you get messed up because you know I could be like, all right, yeah, I'm gonna I get off at six, and then I'm gonna go. So let's just say, for instance, dinner at at eight, and then I get a call at uh, five fifty nine, and the call lasts three hours. I'm not gonna make it on time, you know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's always it always changes. It's never the same. And then with us, we um we work for each other a lot, and we try we try and help each other out as much as possible. One thing I respect about you guys, you guys really are kind of uh, a brotherhood. Like you really, even if you guys disagree politically or anyway, like I've seen, I've been around you, firemen, like you guys still stick together. And that's one thing I respect about your field is the connective, the way you guys still got each other's backs. And you don't see that in the real world no more with jobs. No, you don't. That's one of the biggest draws for me to becoming a fireman was, like I said, that camaraderie and we uh we spend a lot of time together so so we get to we get to really know each other and sometimes you need that when you're you know crawling down a hole and you don't know what you know that could be your last day you know what i mean sometimes you want to have that comfortability with the person next to you you know all right so now we're going to some question i probably always ask you like yo what do you feel like when you run into a fire man this is beyond anything like your job running into those fires like running into fires uh you kind of learn to know your job and just do your job and not really concentrate on let's say the outside noise like you have a job depending on where you're riding in that day and then you do that job everybody has a job and all together everything gets accomplished it's kind of like organized chaos is what it is and how do you keep your inner like not going crazy because there's fire around you there's all these emotions are you trained for this yeah, you kind of just concentrate on your job and trying to put out the fire or find people or like the other day we had a basement job and um, we went down in the basement and it's pitch black. So you can't even see your hand in front of your face. You're going into a space where you have no idea what the layout is. You have no idea what it looks like. And basement fires are usually a lot hotter because there's no place for all the heat to go and to vent. So when you get down there, you could be crawling around and then towards the end when all the smoke lifts and they do the, some ventilation of the building and then you see actually see you're, it's always different than what you imagine in your head like it's never the same you're like oh okay that was there oh, oh that tv was there i didn't know that was a tv i was kicking you know what i mean because you're trying to get to the to the seat of the fire yo you're speaking really calm about a chaotic situation that shit's crazy to me because i'm like in my mind i'm envisioning myself in the fucking fire and i'd be like going crazy but you're so calm but that's always been your personality you always had that calm personality, but me inside, I'm going crazy and stuff. Like, have you ever had been into a fire and someone lost themselves because they couldn't handle it? Because of the chaos? Like, lost mentally was like, I can't take this and ran out of the fire? I've never seen that, but, you know, there, I'm sure there's people who, like, won't go as far into the fire, you know what I mean? Just because there's a million different things. It's easy to say, like, um, why somebody didn't do something or did something, like, Monday night quarterbacking and, yeah but i've never seen anybody like all right i'm not going into the fire now no and we train for this we train every day twice a day so a lot of it is muscle memory to things that are never the same which is weird but no nah, it makes perfect sense you gotta kind of go in there like you're doing your job and you gotta understand your job all right man so all this happened and then all the fucking shot came and i was reading craziness on the newspaper about you guys about the city forcing everybody to get this shot and again I'm not against this shot. I'm just against unfortunateness to get this shot. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm really against. 
But I know it really caused a lot of kind of chaos in your in the firemen. How did that kind of affect your firehouse? Well, a big part of it also too was the timing of the mandate of the shots. It wasn't like in the very beginning when we were all unsure of what was happening and they had this way for us to not transmit it or get it, right? And then, so now it's, everything is starting to taper down, right? We're getting, we're going back to stores. Normal life is getting a little bit more normalized again. And then they came with, all right, we, you have to get a shot. So we, like I said before, we were already in people's houses. We're already interacting, like, and I didn't get it. And so like, there's about eight, 500 of us. Wow, that's a lot, 8,500? Yeah, about firemen and no one died. Through COVID, you think? No one died through COVID. I didn't notice, okay. So now we're like, all right, again, it's anecdotal. It's just, but that's what I have to go off of. Yeah. So I was like, all right, so why take this experimental drug that, you know, I don't know how it's going to affect me or what's going on, you know what? And I'm, I'm fine as it is. I've been doing the job. Everything is good. So why make me take it now? But then they came with, if you don't take it, then you're going to be fired. Now that's a whole different story. Yeah. Now you're messing with people's livelihood and how they can eat and what's going on. So I ended up taking it. I went on leave without a pay for a week. I remember that too. Good side. I remember me and you having real big discussions mm -hmm. about yes. like you really contemplating leaving your job, like to not get the test, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a big thing. Again, we are putting so much trust in these companies that have lied to us. Pharmaceutical companies have lied to us for years and years, and now they came with this thing, and they were like, okay, yeah, it's not fully tested yet. And then the worst part is like, all right. And even once we have all the data out, you can't research the data for like, was it 80 years or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, come on. It is some crazy number. But, but, but me and you spoke about this, and I think your hesitation for the vaccine was because of your experience in the military about them oh, yeah. forcing also, you to shit, taking those shots. I know me and you yes. had a big discussion about that. Like, what did the, the military do with you kind of with those shots and stuff? Yeah, well, with the military, it was the anthrax shot at the time. People, there were a bunch of people that didn't want to take the anthrax shot. It wasn't completely tested by the FDA at the time. I don't know where it's at now, but, um, and there were people that they were sending to the brig, which is, you know, military jail, um, for not taking the shot. So as far as I go, I didn't want to take the shot then also, but again, they were like, all right, you're going to go to jail if you don't take it. You know what I mean? Then I'm like, all right, I'm taking the shot, right? And it's like a five-shot series. I only ended up getting like four of the five shots. And then also, um, I believe they just stopped giving it. So not everybody in the military got it. Even to this day, a friend of mine retired from the Air Force, and he never got the shot. Oh, so you so your mentality might have been the same way. Like, you guys were using it as guinea pigs before. Yeah, exactly. And now you exactly. potentially might be using it for guinea pigs again. Yes. I can see your hesitation with that. So... Do you think that if the military, if you didn't have your experience with the military, you'd have been more lenient to taking the shot or kind of doing the shot? No, because there wasn't enough um, research on it. There's definitely not enough research. And even look at that now, like for a while, they're like, oh no, you can't transmit it. You can't transmit it. And then like, so they were just saying lies, straight out lies 100%. that now are deemed to be true. And even if at the time, you were like, no, this this is uh they were you were saying that those lies were lies at the time. People were putting you in a in a category where you didn't know what you were talking about, or they're right, you're wrong. And like when 
the science wasn't done yet, right? Like science takes time and we know that. Like, so to push something out that quick, you know, it can't be 100% correct. I'll bet you, man. And, uh, and again, like I said, I'm really against that force of everything and kind of making us force doing stuff. And I think we've, 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 having the repercussion of all that with our lives now, because yep. it's always you against me. You yep. believe in one political view, I believe in another political view. And I think a lot of this stems from all this kind of hate for each other, instead of understanding each other and kind of being okay with these different thinking and different thoughts. Like me and you, we disagree on a lot of stuff, but we, man, you're one of the closest people in my world. Like if I was if I was drowning or dying, you'd be one of the first people I'd call. To be like, yo, come save me because I know I can trust you beyond all the political and other stuff that we are on and stuff. So I think I totally agree. Like they were, I think if we have more of a better communication with each other about the COVID shot, about our, some of our scaredness or kind of our hesitations, I think community, everything would have been a little bit easier. I don't think everybody would have took it. But besides that, so people would left their jobs. People quit their being firemen. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. like years. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple people in my uh, in my battalion that. They were, they had plus 20 years, you know, and then they decided to leave earlier. Some of them didn't want to leave at that time, but they left because they didn't want to get the shot. You know, that was the deciding factor for them. And for us, it's a big thing when somebody who has that much time leaves because they're leaving with so much knowledge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we rely on them, you know, on a lot of instances because they've been around to enough situations that it helps, you know, so... So you lose lost all that knowledge. It, it, it's it's tough. So you guys lost a lot of historical kind of knowledge and kind of information yeah, that just, potentially could have damaged or kind of you know what I'm saying? Could have helped you guys. So now that happened, man. So you, unlike others, you weren't home a lot, but you mean you've spoken. You've done a lot of like introspect, like you know what I'm saying, thinking of your internity. Like what do you need to do different? Like what is after all this happened? And the last I've seen a great transformation with you. Like what do you think? pre-COVID and after COVID your thinking is? Well, the one thing was that I'm not in a situation to where I can just leave if I wanted to, you know, like, all right, I disagree with the shot, but I'm in a situation where I also want to get to my retirement, right? So if I leave now, I don't get that, right? So I need to have to make a choice. Was every, now am I going to throw away the 14 years that I put in because I don't want to take this shot and then reevaluate my whole life and start again, or just do what I know I have to do to get to the end result, right? I know this is the situation I'm in, this is where they put me, and I got to do what I got to do to to cut to the end of it. You know? I'm with you, man. That's how I feel about my work now. Like, it's good, it's paying my bills, it's doing things, but is it fulfilling me anymore? Yeah. Like, I'm not fulfilled as much as I used to. And I think that happened for me. It was after COVID because I was sitting in, I was, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't going out. I wasn't going to restaurants. I was, you know what I'm saying? The, the time I was spending home, like I said, I don't was thinking about, is this going to be my end? Is this yeah. all I'm meant to be? And I felt like I'm, I, I felt like I'm more, I'm meant for more than doing what I'm doing. And also you, man, I've seen you, you started working out a lot more. Like you really grinded out. Like you work out like. Yeah, Yo, you work out like four or five times a day, bro. Yeah, well, the working out, I, I like to tell people, is more about my mental health than my physical health. But, yeah, just uh, just uh, after a workout, you feel the endorphins in your body are going. You feel better. You feel more focused. That after workout focus is a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, I can easily focus better on things when I work out. So without... Do you think you would have still been on this path of constant working out if it wasn't for COVID or kind of? 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to say yes, but I mean, who knows? Like, there was so many things going on at the time to say that I would have done. Yeah, I would like to think, yeah, that I would have, but I don't know for sure. And you just seen this new uh, New York State Supreme Court saying that they have to, the city has to rehire. I know, that, I know they're going to appeal it. We don't know about the appeals yet, but let's go with the information we have mm -hmm. as of today that they have to kind of hire these individuals and give them payback. I know you have a friend that has not worked since mm -hmm. this whole shot. How does she feel about all this? Like, Well, she actually um, is back now. Okay. She got approved her medical... Um, exemption? Yeah, her medical exemption was approved. So she's, she's back at work. But I also have another friend who is got fired because he didn't take the shot and um the mayor said that he's only well the mayor's office said that they're only going to take back a certain amount of people to um and i think it's only sanitation like a small hand of sanitation is going to come back that's it but i thought the court said they have to hire everybody that was fired because of the vaccine that's not what the legal department in the in the city said that's interesting so, so i mean they are appealing it of course but so they're trying to do whatever they can to not let these guys back when there is no more threat and what I don't understand. That's kind of asinine. Um, like, why wouldn't you let these people back already? Because you didn't fire them in the midst of it. Yeah. In the darkest times, they were okay to, to be on the rig and do what we had to do to save New Yorkers. But now that everything's calmed down, you want to even give them a job back now? It, it, it's ridiculous. And what is like, like, what was the conversation in your firehouse between all you and your peoples about kind of people losing their jobs because of either COVID, vaccine, whatever it was, people losing their jobs? Yeah, that was also like a big divide too, because there were people who were just like, just get the shot already. You're, you're saving lives. And there was other people like, this is my body. I should be have the choice to do what I want with it. And there was a divide in people because of the whole situation, so. An unnecessary divide. Yes, it's, yeah. Like, how, did that impact you guys doing your job, going out there and fighting fires? I don't think it um, affected the job. It affected more the camaraderie. Oh. So in essence, I'm sure it did affect in some way, but to directly correlate, I couldn't tell you, but it definitely, um, it definitely divided us more. Certain people, I mean, we're around each other all the time. Certain people are not really talking to other people the same. You know, it, it, it's different. It's different. What do you think your union could have done better? I don't want to talk bad about you. What do you think they could have done better to help you? Uh, I think the union did good. They, um, okay. The one thing, though, is when they started firing the teachers and the nurses. First, it was the nurses and the doctors, right? So once the nurses and doctors were starting being laid off, like, Okay, you can't say we're in a pandemic and you want to fire the nurses and the doctors, right? I thought that was stupid, bro. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they were in the middle of the midst of it all. They were kind of, they were involved with COVID more than any of us. Yes. And then we fired our nurses. I go on the record and saying I thought that was the dumbest shit I've ever read in my whole life. Because like, fuck it. They survived this. Let them do what they got to do. They were our real heroes. Yeah. And as a union standpoint, like, we should have got all the members out then and started then saying that we don't want it, this is uh, my body, my choice, you know, and then, but we didn't, we waited and waited and all of a sudden we didn't think it was gonna happen and they were like, nope, we gotta get the shot now, like by next week. And this is my last podcast I did with uh, JR a couple weeks back and I kind of felt like we gave up our power. We should have started, like you just said, in the beginning, like 
we should have been more proactive instead of mm -hmm. reactive. If we would have been proactive during those situations, I think it would have been a little bit easier for us. So I totally agree with you, man. I think we we dropped the ball on all that. Because right now, man, like our employer could basically tell us what the fuck we're going to do. Yep. And it's crazy that we've given them so much control of everything of us, man. Yeah, because um, so now, I mean, they know they control your means of, of surviving, yep. right? So they could be like, all right, well, you want to be able to pay your rent? This is what you got to do, right? They were asking people to get the shot who worked 100% from home. Like, what sense does that make? If I'm not interacting with other people, why do I have to come in and um, get the shot, right? So at that point, you, you kind of saw that it was becoming more political than anything, right? That's how I feel too, man. I feel like it's too, it's too, all this is becoming too political, man. I feel like we're all becoming too political. COVID is real, COVID is not real, whatever it is. And, I, and again, if we, if we would have all got together, not even on the Eurofire department, me as an employee, we all could have got together, created some kind of group in the beginning of it all, and been a little bit more proactive and taking a stance. I think we would have been a stronger force. Right now, I think we're, again, they want us all divided. You know, me and you speak about this all the time. I feel like just looking at the media and all that stuff divides us in these different type of paths instead of, us being together because we're stronger and i don't know what's going to happen in the next future man like what happens some new other virus pops off yeah, i mean anything could happen here it could be the next thing and it could be really a lot worse you know it I mean? could like, and it's gonna be worse because we're not gonna believe it because we're so mad and angry uh -huh. about this one that we're definitely not going to be connected or want to control yeah because it's like the little boy who cried wolf like how are we going to know like this is all right this is real like and people did die. Yeah, I, yes. I know. Millions of people died. People did I, And die. I'm sorry for that. I'm yes. really, yes. I'm like, like I talked to my podcast yesterday with Joe, man. Like, but COVID kind of helped me because it made me stronger. Mm -hmm. It made me have that thinking of kind of what can I do to be better? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm sad for the people that died. I'm really, I'm really, my heart is out to anybody that lost somebody for COVID. I'm really, but it honestly helped me think better or improve my thinking. Did COVID help you change your thinking at all, man? Um, change? No, but it did give me time to think about what I want to do going further in my life. You know, like, um, I know I don't want to be in New York now. <laughs> yeah, we talk about because... this all the time. As soon as my kids yeah. are out, I'm getting the fuck out of New York, yeah, bro. Yeah, because it was, it was <laughs> we've seen other states do not half the amount of things that New York put on people and they were fine. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, and it, another thing that I did notice is that like it can't it matters where you work and where you vote. See, because I live in Long Island and I work in the city, but the politicians know that my my vote only goes for Long Island and doesn't go for the city. So why would they pander to my needs if I'm not part of their voting base, right? That makes sense. Yeah, that's why they only they kind of. They know who's voting, what districts are voting. That's yeah. why they put most of the energies in certain of, districts. A lot of the firemen, cops, teachers, they don't live in the city. One, because they can't afford it. Yeah, the city's crazy. Man. Yeah, and then two, I mean, you get a, a better life and more bang for your buck to say when you leave the five boroughs. You know? What did your family think about all this, the fire, being a fireman at this time and interacting with the virus? Um, I don't think they really, uh, I mean... I don't, we really didn't talk about it too much because probably because they didn't want to talk to about it and you know they know I'm gonna to have to do my job regardless so 
I mean, I got to do what I got to do. And, and so your families in these jobs, your families are there with you kind of the yes. whole time because you're doing the things you're, you're bringing some of it home, whether you want to or not, you know, so. it's trauma. Man. It's just, I know every time mm -hmm. I read something about a fire in Queens, yeah. you're like the first person I text, like, yo, you good? Your people's are good yeah, and make yeah. sure you're good. Cause I don't really know that kind of going on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it, it's, and it's tough. And, and a lot of times you don't want to come home and just, Talk about it because you just want to you just want to keep on going, you know. So yeah, it, that's a lot of weight to keep on yourself, man. And so all this happened, man. So for the next years, what has changed for your future thinking, man? I know you don't want to be in New York. I know your voting is really, really important. But like you as a person, what's different, and what do you want to see for your future? I just want to live happy and spend enough time with family and friends, basically. But like, what makes you happy? Spending time with family and friends. That's the, the biggest thing, you know, spending that quality time. That's the only thing we're never going to get back. You know, 100%, it doesn't man. matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter if I don't have that support system that I love and care about. Then it's really uh, nothing else is worth it. Then. Have you changed your interaction with your family since COVID? I try and talk more. Yes. I oh. try and, and talk to them more. Oh, so you, you and, and call you, them more. Yeah. You call your family more. Yeah. You call your moms and dads more. Yeah, yeah, your sisters yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And and I know you go there a lot more now too, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I went to Georgia a lot this this uh, <laughs> this year. But That's uh, his family lives in Georgia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, it's just finding the time and, and making it happen. You know what I mean? It's it's tough with the job sometimes, and you know everybody's running around doing their own thing, and then. But again, the time, I mean, as I'm getting older, my parents are getting older and I'm just like, okay, so, you know, when you think about the future, that has to be a part of it. So yeah. I want to be able to say I spent the time with them as I could now, you know, to prepare for the future. Did you thinking about your spouse changing during COVID? Do you feel like you needed more or did you feel like, yo, I need this space away from people? No, I think I needed space. Yeah, yeah. I think it helped that... Um, that I had that time to myself and that I didn't have to worry about coming home and giving it to somebody else or, you know, I have a lot of coworkers who their wives made them, you know, at the door, take off all their clothes and, uh, know, stressful, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then go straight to a shower and stuff like that. And then the interactions, cause you don't want to, you don't want to bring that stuff home. Yeah. And I know me and you spoke about it kind of, I'm always in my head thinking about shit. And I think again, I can circle back to COVID helped me kind of, start dissecting those thoughts in my head, like mm -hmm. what's reality and what's kind of in my head. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you've done the same thing since COVID or? No, I think, yeah, I've kind of, like I said, cause for me, like, yes, there was definitely time for, um, to be in my own head, but I still had to work. Like I still, my job, there was no stop. There was no times where I was at home for days on end, just being able to think about what the next step is. Cause I was still going to work. I was still, I mean, the traffic was great. Yeah, I just said the traffic. But other than that, you know, we were, um, we were just doing what we had to do, you know? Like, so we didn't get as much time as I guess everybody else to be like, all right, oh, COVID. It was like, we were just doing it. We were just working. Did you hate on other people for having, for staying home or working from home? No, not at all. I want everybody to be safe. You know what I mean? So it is, you know, that's the job I signed up for. So I can't be mad at anybody else. No, no. And then what with CrossFit, did your workout change because of COVID? So the thing that changed is the CrossFit was closed for a while, but so I did some more workouts at home 
and there's a gym in the firehouse and you know did more work out there and stuff like that so it definitely does change that part changes yeah mm. all right Danny. so all this happened and now we're kind of at the tail end of COVID. where do you want to see yourself in five years now man in five years i'll still be a fireman <laughs> i'll be towards closer towards the, you know my retirement time and then um i think i'll be looking to set things up for my next chapter which will probably be somewhere down south. What are you doing now to set that up for the future? Are you doing anything now? Um, just uh, preparing mentally, trying to figure out exactly where I want to be, you know, because I can say, yeah, down south, but that's huge, right? Do I want to be in Florida? Or do I want to be in the Carolinas? I fucking hate Florida. Yeah, do, do I got to go to a place that where my pension is uh, is uh, taxed or not, okay. you know? So little things like that. And with your with the the firehouse, the, the, with really, uh, you guys have good retirement plans, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And then you're, you're 14 years here, and so technically you could retire in like six years, but you're not, right? Yeah. I mean, um, I was able to buy back three years from my military time, so I could retire in three years if I wanted to. Oh, three but, years. Okay. But um, the best time will probably for me would be like a full 25 years. Oh, so 25 years. Yeah. yeah. And then when you retire, you get health insurance and all that stuff? We do get health insurance, but it's city health insurance. So it's uh, through, I believe, Edna. So it, it may not be taken in every place. So I still might have to pay for health insurance. Um, depends what state you Yeah, it depends on what state I go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that can help you with kind of your decision of where you're going to rush And I still have the, you know, the military stuff. I still go to the VA. Oh, do you? I didn't know you go to the VA. I can go to the VA. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, have you been to the VA? No, no, no. Because I have health insurance, so I don't really I don't want to burden the system. You know, hey, they got enough people going through that already, so. Yeah, but you did fight for our country. A lot of I us did, did yeah, not, yeah. man. A lot of us did not go do that. A lot of us could not have made what you did. Yeah, but um, I'm in a good place that where I don't need that at this point in my life, so. So now I know you own your parents' homes that you grew up in. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking about doing for the future for that if you retire? Um, well, for that will be hopefully when I move, then I'll rent it out and try and get that as a second income. Perfect, perfect. I know me and you try to talk, we're trying to get something together, so that's what I'm trying to do. Hopefully, I have everything in place by the time your retirement comes, and then we can kind of do some kind of business entrepreneurship yeah. together. Because yeah. so, I'm really, really thankful for that. And Danny, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the Upward Mobility Podcast. Oh, no, it was a pleasure to be here. You know, it's a pleasure to hash things out with you and just talk about different things and see different views because, you know, you also, we don't see eye to eye on everything. So it's nice to be like, oh, okay, he's kind of right on this. I'm, I probably won't say it out loud, but, you know, I'll think it like, oh, he's right on this. And then, you know, that's how we get better as people. You know, know someone through, who, right? because of COVID, changed the way they view their future or would like to be a sponsor of the Upward Mobility Podcast, please email Rob at odcapitalholdingsllc at gmail.com. odcapitalholdingsllc at gmail.com.